And sorry, I know you guys wanted to clap, but everything I'm going to say is going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> how do you pay, man? Uh, if you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Great cash, homie. Mama, there goes that man. Welcome back to Carson Sack Podcast, where we talk balls. It is so good to be back. So lovely to have you listening to the sack once again. Uh, we have taken a bit of a break because of this little thing called coronavirus. Uh, the last podcast that you heard me do was a Super Bowl preview, and we were gearing up for the Super Bowl, obviously. And then the podcast that I plan on doing after that was the NCAA tournament bracket that I have done every year since I've started doing this podcast. And unfortunately, as we all have come to learn and know that the NCAA tournament was canceled in the midst of conference championship tournament week. So there wasn't, as we know, an NCAA tournament podcast. And now with the coronavirus putting a stop to sports back in March, um, the NBA season put on hold, the MLB season pushed back even further, uh, the golf season as well in the midst of the Players' Championship, the first round of that happening and then them canceling. Uh, there, w- there were no sports for a couple months, and it was uh, normally I do take the summer off and just regroup and rethink the podcast and what I'm going to do and whatnot, but uh, this was a bit of a different, more reason of why I took that time off. There was just actually nothing to talk about, uh, regardless if I was going to be doing the podcast or not. But with the NBA season coming back, with the MLB coming back, and golf in full swing, I thought it was a good time to really dive into sports again and get the podcast started back up. Um, a lot of uncertainties still live with college football and NFL, and we're gonna really I guess that's a real touch and go we're gonna wait and see if the podcast is gonna still be going if those sports because those are my two main driving forces and what I talk about most on a week-to-week basis when we get in the full swing of the podcast but we're gonna wait and see with that on this episode we are gonna start with the highly anticipated return of the mail sack you all did an amazing job with sending in questions a ton of those that I need to get to um then we also have a Returning guest who has been on two or three times before already to Carson Sack, but Ryan Moore, one of my good friends, um, super big fan of NBA basketball and just basketball in general. So he and I are going to do a bit of an NBA preview for what to expect uh, with the return of basketball. We're going to be looking at our awards predictions, who we think are going to be winning the NBA League awards. Then we're going to be talking about the seeding of the playoffs, who we think is going to wrap up and secure those positions. And then we're going to go round by round and give you a breakdown and prediction for all those going all the way up to the championship. So I'm really looking forward to that. After that, we have some baseball and golf talk. And then I'm recording this on Wednesday, the 22nd. So we're going to table it there. And if any breaking news happens between now and Monday, when I release this, That'll be at the very end of the podcast when I've gone back and edited and re 
like readdressed any new breaking news or any news that has happened since then. So without further ado, let's jump right back into the mail sack here on Carson Sack. And the first question of that comes from Ryan Moore, who will be on later on, who asks, who will be the best player in the NBA in 2030? Um, Jason Tatum. I don't know. Like, he's really good right now. He's only going to be getting better, and he's still super young. You could go maybe Zion, maybe Ja Morant. Uh, I mean, that's 10 more years. If those guys are still producing at the level they are now, and if they continue to get better, um, it'll be their 11th year in the NBA. Um, I know that's a little old. I put that in air quotation marks. Old because, like, I mean, you look at LeBron, he's in his whatever year he is, and he's still producing at such a high level. Um, It's not typical for someone to have that much prolonged success. But I'm going to go with one of those guys, but it'll probably be, like, some random guy that I've never heard of before from – overseas that is like six foot nine can run the point guard and also he's 275 pounds he can play the low post and he's from like Lafayette or something and nobody's ever heard of him so that's my guesses or Bronny Jr. like maybe that'd be cool LeBron passes the torch to his son I'd be here for that the next question we have comes from Ty Spaulding who asks does Tiger win in 2020 I think he does not it's, it hurts me to say that, but I think because of the lack of events he's going to play, and most of them probably he's going to play all the majors that are happening, that's great. But if Mirfield was any indication, I am a little concerned with how just he's going to be able to hold up his body and everything for four days because in one of his post-round interviews, he said there's just some days like I'm not going to feel great and I'm not going to have it. And if God forbid that happens on like a Saturday or a Sunday of a tournament, you have to have four just solid, consistently good days. And you can't afford to not know occasionally when you're going to have a bad day or like your your health's not going to be there. So that's my only concern really why he's not going to. I would love for him to win a tournament and break Sands Needs record 82 to 83. I would love that, but I just don't know if it's this year with all the circumstances surrounding it. The next question comes from Aaron Grammer, who asks, my predictions to win the U.S. Open, the PJ Championship, and the Masters. Please and thank you, sir. Um, the U.S. Open, I am going to probably go... See, I was leaning towards Brooks, but his knee doesn't seem anywhere near healthy or anything. And I think we are due for one of those off years and in any year for it to be just an off year. It's this one um, where somebody of like not really known or relevance wins. You could look back to when Webb Simpson won his. He wasn't very well-known. You can look back at Lucas Glover when he won his at Bethpage Black, things like that. I think we're due for something like that, and in that, it's super hard to predict somebody to come out of nowhere. Um, Then you look at the PGA Championship. I think that course, Harding Park, um, if Bryson can get his head on straight back from the memorial where he really just shit the bed on Friday and had that 10 on hole 15, um, the way he developed 
And the way that golf course sets up, that's a dream for him. Um, and then the Masters, again, I think we're due for another kind of random sort of winner thing. I really think it's time that Justin Thomas, I think that golf course he can do well on. Um, so I'd like to see him win. I know he's not a random pick, but I think he could. I know that's a bit of a homer pick. Hey, do you know we went to the same high school? Um, but I like the way he's trying. Tony Finau put up a good performance in showing there last year. Um, it, right now, it, it's extremely difficult so far out from that, especially with the Masters being in the fall and not knowing really how that's going to impact the setup and how players are going to play that. From afar right now, I go the U.S. Open, uh, somebody random. Let's go with – I'm going to go with Xander Schauffele. I know that's not super random because he is still a good player, but the way he can control his irons and you look at Mirfield this past week, which were sort of a mini U.S. Open conditions, um, he opens – He's eight over the first round and then battles back for like a top, I think, he makes a cut and then I think he battled back to like a top 25 finish. I think he has the potential to do that. Then the PJ Championship, the first major we're going to have of the year in a couple weeks, I go with Bryson. I know that's a bit of like a, okay, like no shit pick, but just the way that course is set up and everything, it's going to suit him so well. And then I am going to go with Justin Thomas as this guy that, should and can do well at the Masters, and then I'm also going to go with Tony Finau at the Masters as well. The next question comes from Victor Peroni, who asks, do you think the NBA Finals and World Series this year will have asterisks because they didn't complete full seasons, or do you think it will be revered differently as one of the more chaotic and challenging championships to win due to everything going on in the world? I think that it's definitely the latter. There definitely, in my opinion, should not be an asterisk by any championship that's won this season. I understand it's a more condensed, shorter season and everything, but with how things are going to have to be managed, whether it's the World Series or it's the NBA, with how much importance there's going to be put on like certain matchups, um, say pitching um, in the World Series or pitching in baseball, and then you talk about player matchups in the NBA or things like that. Um, to come back, coaching is going to be extremely important um, as, well, as well as managing in MLB. And I just think given what surrounds each season and how crazy everything has been, there definitely shouldn't be an asterisk. I think with how much each sport is going to have to deal with things, and how each team that excels and ends up winning the championship in those sports are able to capitalize and work around things and use things to their advantage, like it's, whether it's matchups or a coach that just outshines and game plans so well. I think that's what it's really going to bring out and we should look at rather than the other side of it being, well, it was a shortened season. It, it it, anybody could just get hot for a couple months and then it's over. I mean, yes, that is the case. You can look at the Nationals last year um, coming alive, really sort of in that second half of the season and then propelling themselves to the World Series and end up winning. I mean, they were one botched air away from pretty much going home in the wild card game to the Brewers. Um, so you can look at 
it from both sides, but ultimately there are definitely no asterisks whatsoever. The next question we have from a longtime supporter, first-time texter in, I guess, uh, Meredith Eden. She asked, what happens if sports are canceled? Um, if sports are canceled, oh boy, I would hate to live in a world where there are no signs of sports ever. Um, if sports are canceled, I'm probably going to read more. I'm going to play video games more. Um, I just really don't want to think about a world like that. So if sports are canceled, I'm going to be pretty sad. The next question comes from Olivia Marino, another uh, first-time sender in. Do you think college sports should come back in the fall? Oh, boy, this is very difficult to say. I think that if campuses are going to allow students to be there for classes, which some have already said no, they're going to be online. Some have already said they're going to wait and see and address it closer to move-in day and everything like that. Then it's it's hard to argue against if there's already people on the campus going to school. But ultimately, you have to think of players' safety and the players' family if they do end up seeing them or anything like that, their safety as well. Um I think if there are regulations that are in place and followed and protocols that are um, adhered to about what happens if a player gets coronavirus or anything like that, and it's handled in a very, um, very thought out, well put together, planned way, then yes, I think it's okay to have something like that. I don't think there's going to be many... If any fans, though, if sports were to come back um, at the college level with fans, I just don't foresee that happening. Um, and if there are, it's going to be very little because of just how dangerous the coronavirus can be. And then making her return to the male sack segment, um, we have Liv's sister, Polly Marino, who um, ask why do she has a multitude of questions. So let's get into them. She asked, why do pro athletes think they're so much better and such assholes? Um, first off, Polly, I'm not going to let your boy drama spill over into my podcast. So we get rid of that question. Next. She asks, is the NFL season actually going to happen? Yes, it's definitely going to happen. I don't think there's any way for them not to. They'll definitely probably play without fans at the worst, but there's going to be a season. Then she asked, why the frick do these players get paid so much money? Where is that coming from? Um, it comes from the owners themselves and then um, endorsement deals, uh, ads and stuff that the teams have. That's how. Um, then she just asked, are fans allowed at the stadiums? Uh, not when there's not games going on. She asked me my opinion on college sports. I like it. I do like college sports. And then she asks, is it a real championship win if not every team is competing? Every team is competing in every sport so far. Um, at the Division One level in college football, there's been adjustments to schedules, but they're still all going to be playing. Every team in the MLB is back. Every team in the NBA, um, I mean, is back. Portland voted. They didn't want to come back, but they did end up coming. So I don't know what that means. Then she asks, how can some teams move their seasons to spring, but some in fall? That's not a national championship then. Um, no one's done that yet, so I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry. 
Next, we have Maeve Armstrong who asks, do you think the route Darius Baisley's internship with New Balance will be the new norm? Um, Baisley, um, a young prospect um, for going college and is going to be playing um, in a developmental league, but signed a endorsement contract with New Balance, and a part of that he's going to be getting a paid internship with New Balance. I think if there are these players that are trending now that are going to skip college and do the G League route and everything like that, um, then yes, I think companies, shoe companies especially, are going to be coming after them and saying, hey, if you sign with us now, we'll pay you now a little bit, and then hopefully they develop and become bigger, well-known superstars. So that way they're already under contract and already in their control of the shoe company. So yes, I do think that could be done and seen with a lot of the athletes that are going to forego college and just go straight to the G League. Next, we have a question from Davis Canapel who asks, how do you stop the Chiefs attack? I need to know. Honestly, right now, um, with Mahomes there, with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who they drafted out of LSU at running back and how well um, Andy Reid gets his running back involved, using him in the passing game. Then you have Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, the emergence of Miko Hardman, which I think he's only going to get better and better um, each game next year. Um, Sammy Watkins as well. Uh, it's pretty difficult to see any weak spot in there, so I don't think um, you stop them. I think you just pray to God you catch them on a bad day or you pray to God that you can slow them down and maybe limit them, take away the run game so they become super one-dimensional and all they can do is pass but we've seen that even if that's the case they're still very good at that but I don't think there's any way you just stop the Chiefs attack um he also asked I would like to hear your take on the NBA bubble how do I feel about the idea of college NFL NCAA baseball NBA all of it going down next spring at once sports overload or heaven is it even a possibility um I am fine. The NBA bubble, a lot of players have really said it's kind of like an AAU tournament, but they're all adults. I think there's going to be a lot of great content that comes out of it. I think the NBA, it's had zero positive tests since every player has gotten in the bubble, so they're doing a good job of that. Um, They need to keep following those protocols, but I'm excited to see the content. Um, As we speak in the background, I have a Magic Clippers preseason game on now. I'm watching. It's a little... Weird seeing and everything. Basketball happened without fans like this, but if this is what it takes to get a season, um, the no fans and the bubble and these players are willing to do that, so to potentially win a championship, I'm all for it. Um, to readdress the second half of this question, how do I feel about the idea of college, NFL, NCAA? I don't know what college he means. I'm guessing basketball. I don't. NFL, NCAA, baseball, NBA, all of it going down next spring at once. Um, If everything were to happen and get pushed back um, to the spring, I think we experience this a little bit in the fall where there's baseball, NBA, NFL, and NCAA basketball on, and I think those are the best times um, of the week, like of the year, excuse me. When there's the NFL and NCAA football going on the Saturday, Sunday, and then you also have 
occasionally, sometimes the uh, basketball as well. So you get the basketball mixed in through the week, and then you get the football in college on Saturday and the football for the NFL on Sunday. I, that's that's chef's kiss. That's that's a spicy meatball. I love that. Um, never overload. I will take as many sports as they're willing to give me at one time. Um, give it to me. I'll take it. I want it all. The next question comes from Evan Deaver, who asks, who will get the eighth seed in the West? Who will win Rookie of the Year? And if the Lakers or Clippers will advance in the Western Conference Finals? This dives in a little bit um, before we get to our like predictions and previews and stuff. So I'm going to try and work this. Who will get the eighth seed in the West? Um, their name rhymes with two can with two cans. Um, who will win Rookie of the Year? Um, it's how German people say yes, ja. And then um, will the Lakers or Clippers advance in the Western Conference Finals? Um, it's definitely going to be a team that plays in that's from LA. I promise that. I'm going to answer that question just later on. Our next question comes from Kennedy Poston, who says, What sport are you most excited to see coming back? Also, miss this podcast. Appreciate the support. What sport am I most excited to see coming back? Probably the NBA right now that are coming back from their bit of hiatus, the NBA and the MLB. But I was very excited to see golf come back when that first happened. But ultimately, football, when it does, if it comes back in the fall, great. If it comes back in the spring or whenever it needs to, great. But for now, the NBA, and when it does get here, um, the NFL slash NCAA college football, those are what I'll be most excited about. The next question we have comes from Charles Walker, who asks, college football, is it happening or what? Charles, appreciate you reaching out. Um, it's definitely going to happen. Whether it's this fall with limited fans and limited capacity and only conference games, or if they delay it until the spring, it's going to happen. We're all going to be watching college football at some point, whether it's in 2020 or early 2021, there's going to be college football. Next question comes from Avery Rodnelli, who asks, what are your AFC North predictions? Truly a packed division. There um, might not be a better conference in all of NF the NFL next year than the AFC North. I know there's you got the NFC South with the firepower with Drew Brees and the Saints and Tom Brady making his way down there to Tampa Bay. You had the NFC West, which was probably the best division last year with the Seahawks and the 49ers. But again, I'm going to keep my same prediction that I did last year. I think the AFC North, with the addition of that seventh team this year to the playoffs in the NFL, is they have a chance to get um, three teams in. I think you can get the Ravens as the division winner, and then I think you can get the Browns and the Steelers as the wild cards. And that's not – I know I leave out the Bengals in that with – and just to address them because I know we have Bengals listeners and a lot of people from Cincinnati that listen or whatever. Um, they're going to have a very okay year for what – from what they were last year to what this year, I think it's going to be night and day. I think Joe Burrow is going to come there and really um, electrify that city and that team. So better days are ahead, Bengals fans. So, Avery, um, we're going to get – AFC North is going to get three teams. Your Steelers, my Steelers, the Browns, my Browns, and the Ravens are all going to get in. Next, we have Ben Logston who asks, over under for how many wins the Reds have this season? 
odds they make the playoff. Well, Ben, um, everything in life is 50-50. Either either they're going to make the playoffs or they're not going to. It's as simple as that. My over-under for how many wins the Reds have this season is going to be 60 games. I'm going to go with 30 and a half. And I think I go over comfortably. I think they can get 36 to 38, 39 wins, honestly. Um, They've got Bauer, the pitching's there. The offense can come alive when it needs to. I'm not not totally against the Reds this year. And then Brandon Blazer also asked, do you think the Reds have a legitimate shot at winning the NL Central? Um, If any team can get hot and just piece together a good month. It's going to go a long way in the shortened season, and the Reds did that um, and have that ability at times if they're pitching, and like I said, that offense comes alive. So they have a chance. I don't think it's legitimate, but they have a chance. Um, And then we have a question from Molly O'Rourke who asks, will you be coming to my wedding December 31st? Also, please no ugly suit. Um, One, I don't have any ugly outfits, so – um, can't dress in an ugly suit because I own no ugly outfits. And second, yes, I will. I have the invitation and everything. Just been a little busy. Haven't been able to check out the website and everything like that. And RSVP, I will be in attendance. No words. Um, and then also, is it open bar? Am I going to have to pay? What? How does that work? You let me know. That might influence the decision a little bit. Um, and then Kyle Kreider asked, when should we draft for fantasy football? I'm thinking... Early September, late August. Uh, that's when the San Ambra kids are going to do it, probably. And then he asked, did Tory Lane shoot Meg the Stallion? Um, from all reports that I've heard, yeah, he did. And that's uh, that's pretty pretty concerning. Next, we have Kyle Oliver, who asks, are the Cats a legitimate threat in the East since they played Georgia at home? Um, if there is, When there is a college football season, excuse me, I had to catch myself there, the Cats are going to be probably vying for third in the SEC East. Um, I think George is too good. I think Newman, I know he's already cleared, but if they get JT Daniels, they get cleared. Well, he already got cleared. Excuse me. Newman and Daniels, I think, really help out. And along with the new um, coordinator, offense coordinator they brought in, Georgia is going to put a premium on offense this year, I think. And their defense is always going to be good under Kirby. I think they have that division in the East is pretty much locked down. Um, I'm more concerned um, with how Kentucky is going to handle going down to the swamp than I am with Georgia coming up to um, Kroger Field. I think it's already a loss for the cast, unfortunately. I know that's not what you were wanting to hear. Um, And then, totally coincidental, didn't mean to put these two together. It just so happened to work out that way. Um, Kenzie Cronk, Ask, what sports are you talking about right now? Kenzie, I'm talking about all the balls. If it's being played, I'm talking about it. Jack Muldoon, um, he rambled a little bit, but he asked, supposedly a vaccine may be available in December. That was one question. That's a statement, not a question. He continues on. If that is the case, will college football push back to the spring? Then he asked, also, is a Lake Show a lock to win the NBA playoffs? Um... The Lake Show is not a lock, and if they have a vaccine and they get it developed by the time college football is going to kick off, if they say, 
we're going we will for sure have this vaccine by January 30th um then I think yeah you can push it back and just ensure the safety of people and the players that okay yes it's going to be different we're going to do it in the spring but yes you can push it back but then god knows you got to deal with all these fucking anti-vaxxers and everything so who the hell knows um, then Mike D'Alfonso asked, J.R. Smith, is he going to be more recognized during the shortened season by memes or his moves? Um, the Lakers need scores, um, and they need good guard play. If he can provide that, it's definitely going to be his moves. Um, from what I've seen, I think LeBron is a little bit more locked in, a little bit more focused, and, um, I don't think LeBron is going to really t- take any of his bullshit and his antics this time around. So um, at the first sign of really his antics or anything happening up, I think LeBron's going to address that pretty quickly and say, get your head out of your ass. And hopefully it'll just be known for his maneuvers. Next, Christina Barone asks, do you have a crush on me? Tina, I thought you would never ask. Um, Yes, absolutely. How can I not? Um, You have my phone number. You have my snap. We talk on a consistent basis normally, um, hit me up. And then Emily Lucchese asked, um, if you had to have dinner with a famous person, who would it be and why? I am going to have dinner with Chris Pratt because I really want to become his friend. Then she also asked, what type of animal would you want to be? I'd want to be a hippopotamus because hippos are extremely strong they get to just chill in water all day and they can really combat just about everything in the wild um and then we follow up that with john fisher asking what will be the most interesting aspect of the shortened mlb season i mentioned that a little bit early on with victor's question and i'm going to um re-emphasize this how the managers are able to implement lineups and rotations and use their bullpen um, it's going to be a great season for guys like John Madden, Terry Francona, um, these guys that in their mind, they just see and think about the game a little bit differently than some people, and they like to get weird with things. I, I think that's a, a storyline and a thing that needs to be followed is um, managers doing, I don't want to say questionable, because if they pay off, they're going to be looked at in better light, but um, experimental things, I guess, that managers are going to do to be able to win games in such crucial, um, shortened seasons. Uh, Michael Bennett also follows this up with who do the bears roll with week one, Mitch or Foles? I think they're going to roll with Mitch, but I definitely think Foles is going to come in. Unfortunately, I know you're a Nick Foles fan. Um, I don't think when they substitute Foles for, Mitch, he's going to do much better, and so I think they're going to just play it out back and forth, back and forth. I think the Bears are going to be an absolute dumpster fire this year. Um, let's see. Next, we have Ali Stevens, who asked, if you had to live in one sports mascot costume for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? Um, I've You sent this in yesterday, and I've been racking my brain um, nonstop trying to think of it. Um, the first place I went was the West Virginia Mountaineer because you, it's not a costume. It's, it's, it is a costume. It's a get-up of a Mountaineer, like a Daniel Boone-looking type thing, but um, 
you're still like a person. You're not in a um, get up and a, all that type of shit. You're not wearing headgear or anything like that. But then I thought, I really don't want to fucking live in West Virginia. And then I went to um, the BYU Cougar because have you seen that video of the song where it's like, I just want to rolly, rolly, rolly with a dab ranch. That one where he's dancing. If those dance moves could transfer over to me when I am in that suit, I'm a big fan on that. Um, then I went to the Oregon Duck because I think it is one of the most revered uh, mascots in the entire lake. But I'm, I don't like the, I don't mind flying, but I don't want to fly everywhere. So the duck's out. Then my mind went to the Michigan State Spartan because I think that is the coolest looking mascot that there is. The Sparty, it's well known. Um, everything about it, it's respected. It strikes fear into the heart of its opponent. All of that. But that's also not where I'm going to go. I am going to go because I feel like if I'm going to be a mascot and I'm going to be in this fucking costume, I need to lean all the way into it. I need to go as ridiculous as possible. So I'm going to go with the Philly Fanatic um, and just really ham it up and just really lean into that lifestyle. It was between the Philly Fanatic or Buddy Bat, and that breaks my heart to not choose Buddy Bat, but I think more well-known is the Philly Fanatic, and I'm going to get stopped more and ask for pictures more, which I don't mind. What I would not mind whatsoever, so I'm going to go with the Philly Fanatic. The next question comes from Caitlin Zinsmeister. A little blast from the past. A little fun fact for you as well. Um, she actually helped come up with and is pretty much mainly responsible for the name of Carson Sack Podcast. So everybody that enjoys that, um, it's because... Mostly because of her. But she asked, what made you the happiest this past week? Um, I don't know about the happiest. I've enjoyed our conversations. Um, this past week, I think I got to play two rounds of golf that I thoroughly enjoyed and was on the winning side um, in both of those. So I think those, just not the fact that I won, but just that I got to spend time and hang out with my confidants and play a sport that we all love so that's I think what's made me the happiest in the past week and then we have the final question coming from Wes Rutledge who asks what would you like for the NFL teams to do if one of their players tests for corona I think you need to go and have them be isolated um I highly doubt a player is going to want to go and like spend time with his family and potentially get them sick as well. So, um, but if they if they want to, let that be the player's choice. They're they're more than welcome to do that. But they need a quarantine for the amount of time that's required, the two weeks. Um, provide them with any treatment. The team needs to provide the player with any treatment that they need, whether it be for that or any of the injuries or anything like that, and then. Pay them. Um, I know there might be some owners and teams that might say, well, he's not playing for us or doing anything that week. Um, we don't need to do this certain things for him, like game checks or anything like that. Um, you need to continue to financially support him as well um, with medically supporting him as well and getting 
them the proper um, treatments and everything for the coronavirus and any, any injuries that they have um, to begin with because of the game that they are playing. As I mentioned, um, you all sent in a shit ton of questions. I appreciate everyone for doing so. Um, the mail sack will be back for the next episode, whenever that may be. Um, thank you very much for doing so. That segment obviously is not possible without you all, so thank you very, very much. It is always greatly appreciated. We are now going to switch gears, and we are now going to talk about the NBA season coming back with my good friend, Ryan Moore. So sit back, relax, and enjoy um, the, some NBA talk. All right, I am here with Ryan Moore, a third-time guest on Carson Sack, as I've mentioned before, and we're going to be talking about all NBA action that's going to be coming up. Um, we're first going to start talking about the league awards that are going to be given out. You have the MVP, the Defensive Player of the Year, the Most Improved Player of the Year, um, the Rookie of the Year, and then the Sixth Man of the Year. After we rattle those through, we're going to go and give our predictions for the seeding, and then we're going to do a round-by-round matchup all the way up to the finals to determine who our champion is going to be. So, Ryan, why don't you kick us off? Who do you have uh, winning the MVP this year? For the 2020 NBA MVP, I got Giannis Antetokounmpo. I just think he is just the most dominant player in the league right now, and he showed again why uh, he deserved back-to-back MVPs. I'm with you there in the MVP. I think it's just too – when they cut it off, when the NBA announced they were going to cut it off at the – in March, that was going to be the stopping point. Um, The body of work Giannis put together throughout the entire year is pretty obvious to see that he's going to win the MVP. I think maybe if – the NBA would have counted the first eight games back before the playoffs started. If LeBron would have, like, averaged 50 points and a triple-double, maybe he could have. But I just don't think um, LeBron's body of work is close enough to Giannis. So I think, yeah, you're right. Um, Giannis does win the MVP. So we go from MVP to Defensive Player of the Year. Who's that for you? I have Anthony Davis, another L.A. Laker. Um, Why? I just think his defensive presence down low is probably the best, probably the best in the league with his blocks per game and just his length down low just disrupts so many offenses when it, when they come into the lane. Okay, I I also have Anthony Davis. I don't really have much of a reason. That was you've said what I've read about him. Um, I'm pretty sick of Rudy Gobert winning it. He's won like the last two. Um, I'm tired yeah. of him. He's gotten us into this entire mess. So anybody but Rudy, and I'm totally fine with Anthony Davis do, getting that award. So we go from defensive player of the year to the most improved player of the year. So this one's like a little toss-up for me. Uh, I have originally had Brandon Ingram, but I've kind of reconsidered and kind of going towards Bam out of bio. But I think I'm going to stick with Brandon Ingram. I just think his progression, and I think just going away from L.A. and being underneath the spotlight with LeBron, I think he's blossomed into one of the best wings in the NBA. And then, I mean, Bam has also a strong case. His numbers are great, and he pushed the Heat to, like, the three or four seed in the East, which is pretty impressive for them. But I think I'm going to stick with Brandon Ingram. 
I for my most improved, I went back and forth with those same two. I think Brandon Ingram, even though he didn't, even though Zion didn't play a lot of the year, um, it was made so much about that group coming over from LA and teaming up with Zion and everything, and that was a storyline of the entire season. Um, that more eyes and more people have seen what Brandon Ingram has done because I, when you talk about the Heat and everything, and yeah, they've had that great season, but you go to Jimmy Butler and other players before you go to, <clears throat> before you go to Bam, and then I guess with the Pelicans and everything, you start with Zion and everything, but then you look at it and you see Brandon Ingram's numbers improving and everything like that. So I'm gonna go with Brandon Ingram over Bam, but. I under I could uneasily see Bam also taking it if it's more than just like casual like just storyline type uh, over. I think a dark horse in this race could be Devontae Graham, the point guard from the Charlotte Hornets. Even though they didn't make the playoffs, his numbers went from like maybe four or five points per game to like eighteen. Pretty big jump. That's a big jump and again if if it's I think with some of these awards it's having like eyes on you and everything. I know Graham he was in the three point contest was he not? I think so. And everything I think that was that helps get your name out and everything. But how many people like really are paying attention to Charlotte? Yeah, that's why I think most of is probably kind of team oriented also, mm-hmm. depending on what they do. That's why I think Bam has a strong case because he took the Miami Heat who I thought was probably going to be like in the 7 to 8 seed range, and now they're looking at like a nice 4 range. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we both have Brandon Ingram, but we are very comfortable with them giving it to Bam if that ended up happening. So now we have our rookies of the year. You can go ahead and start us off there. If if, uh, Zion started in the beginning of the year and played as many games as Joe, I would give it to Zion because his numbers are ridiculous for only playing little amount of games compared to Jaw, but I think it has to go to Jaw just because of his production and he's been playing from the beginning of the season. I have also Jaw Morant winning, but Michael Porter Jr. was robbed of this award last year when they didn't play him. He's robbed of it this year because they would not unleash his potential until about halfway through the year. I understand protecting the investment, but he was robbed of this award twice. Um, Zion, I think, you compare the two, I think, biggest moments of, like, Zion and Jaw's career. So far, Zion was his debut when he just went unconscious in, I think it was the third or fourth quarter, just made... the Spurs, yeah. Yeah, just made... Like, four or five in a row. Yeah, and then, (laughs) so far, like, I understand John Morant has made all these like, plays and everything, but when, like, so far, it's him trying to just baptize Kevin Love on that dunk. Granted, he missed it, but those two, like, stick out for me in those moments. Um, But, like you said, if Zion played even, like, I think maybe three-fourths or half the season, um, he probably would have won it just because he so far has delivered on his hype of being good. Um, But... John Morant, the longevity of him being able to play and putting up the numbers he did, I go with John Morant. And then we are going to wrap up the award section with the sixth man of the year. You can go ahead. Uh, I got Dennis Schroeder from the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's averaging about like 19 points a game. And 
from a team that coming into the year, everybody thought that the Thunder probably wouldn't make the playoffs. I think ESPN gave them like maybe like a one percent chance to make the playoffs, and now they're looking at like a four to five to six range seed, and it's largely to do with their point guards with CP3, Shea Gilchrist Alexander, and then Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench. I think it's a toss up between Schroeder and I guess Montrez Harrell for me, but I'll go with Schroeder. Um, I saw both those names when I was looking this up. Um, both have very compelling arguments. Montrez has upped everything um, since he's been given a little bit more time. But I'm going to take a the I think he's the reigning sixth man as well, but Montrez's teammate, Lou Williams. But I could definitely see Schroeder just taking it because Lou Williams and Montrez taking votes away from each other and everything being on the same team and – if you have two six men, there's really not like one six man, you know, mm-hmm. on the same team. So I, um, I'm gonna say Lou Williams, but in the grand scheme of things, I could definitely see uh, Dennis Schroeder um, taking it. But my prediction is Lou Williams. So now that the awards are taken care of, let's shift focus a little bit and let's talk about the seeding we have and how that's gonna look. So. I think we can start – I think we'll start in the East because I think that's just a little bit easier. Um, so let's – we'll go back and forth. Who do you have as your one seed in the East? Do you want to go with one or eight seed and go up? Um, we can go with – we'll start with eight. That's eight, fine. Eight in the West or the East? In the East. I got the Brooklyn Nets. I do as well. I just don't – Kyrie's not playing. Kyrie's right? not playing. KD um, obviously is not playing. KD and... But I do like what they have around them. I like uh, Dinwiddie a lot. And I like DeAndre Jordan. Uh, I think they have some pieces. That's why I have them as an eight. And then the only other team coming from the east is the Wizards. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they I can. don't... Yeah, without... Beal said he's not playing. Wall's not playing. I think Beal's playing. John Beal Wall's is playing. Not, yeah. Okay, well, the Nets all year to me... I. They've sort of been, to me, just casually viewing them or watching the highs, a better team when Kyrie's not playing. So I think with the lack of star power that the Wizards are going to have, it makes it easy for the Nets to at least secure the eighth spot. Um, And then just by process of elimination, um, if the Wizards aren't going to make it, um, the Nets make it, and then my seventh seed is going to be the Magic. Um, I, have, I have the Magic as my seventh seed, too. I don't know much about them besides Aaron Gordon's on that team. He's a great dunker. Um, Markel Fultz, he's there, correct? Yeah. yeah. He, is he? They played earlier today in a scrimmage. They look pretty pretty nice, even though they lost, but they look pretty nice. Well, they were playing the Clippers, so let's just hope they face anybody else from the West in the finals if they make it besides the Clippers. Um, do you have any reason for the Magic, for them to be excited about making the playoffs, uh, or is it them yeah. just being I, in I a like weaker their, I like their young core. Uh, I watched them today. They actually like look pretty nice with Fultz. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams, if you remember him. Mm-hmm. Mo Bamba has gotten a lot bigger, a lot stronger. He's not just a song. He's not. He's an actual player. He is not. And uh, Aaron Gordon, he looked nice. Oh, and they got the all-star Vucevic. So I think they have a nice little young core. I just don't think they can get 
anything better than a seven seed. Seven. Okay. Um. I, tell me who your six is, because I don't think we're gonna agree on it. Pacers. Oh wow. Okay, we do agree. That's fine. <laughs> we agree. Um, yeah. I don't know if Victor Oladipo is playing or not. As of I don't recording, know how one hundred percent healthy he yeah. is. Anyways. As of recording this, he was still waning back and forth. Um, I I like the Pacers. I like them more with Victor Oladipo, but I just don't the him being a question mark makes me question yeah. just what they can even do in the playoffs. So I think a six for them is fine. And so who do you have as your fifth? Seventy sixers. Yeah, so do I. What we do you have think the about same that? <laughs> we probably do. That's fine. Uh what do I think about them? Yeah. Uh I don't know. I just for some reason the Simmons and Bead combo it doesn't really Get me. See, I think it's the complete opposite. You like it? I love it, love and it. I think when the season like left off in March and sort of that entire spring, the like rumors and stuff were they weren't getting along. People need like somebody needs to move. They need to figure out who they're going to build around. And then you look at what um, in the playoffs is really, I think bothered Embiid is his conditioning and everything like that. He's not been like not been as consistent late in games and late in series, especially you can go back a couple years against the Celtics. Um, I think this break like no one's really talking about the like them not seeing eye to eye and like sending somebody off yet. And I think Embiid getting time to like rest and retool his body and everything and get healthy for a playoff. I think that propels them and helps them a lot. So I agree there. So that's where I'm at with the Sixers at the uh, five. And then your four, I'm assuming uh, it's... Miami Heat. I do as well. Um, I, they just have a bunch of shooters. They do. A bunch do. of young, young guys that just like the hoop. Uh, and I also like Jimmy Butler. His defense is definitely some of the best in the league. And he, he can definitely be the, the guy to lead this young team. Kind of deep in the playoffs, if they can. I agree with most of that. I don't know about the last part. but um, Not the, saying that they yeah. can make a deep run, but, but if they're they going the to, it's going to be. Um, next, the three seed, I have the Boston Celtics. I also have the Celtics. Uh, I think Jason Tatum is a future MVP. I think... Kemba Walker finally going to be able to play in the playoffs is going to like re-energize him and just give a spark to him that he's finally. I mean, everybody like in the NBA and like most viewers of the NBA know how good Kemba is. He's been All Star before, but now playoff time when you really cement like your legacy and everything as a player. I think now Kemba finally being able to show that that's going to be massive. Um, Hayward as well. I think he is looking to have a bit of a rebound season. And I know he, from the previous year when Kyrie was there, there was never really a gel with him and Hayward. And then this year it was sort of working his way back. I think he can go a long way with furthering his confidence if he plays well in these playoffs. Um, and then Jalen Brown, one of the better young players in the NBA as well. I absolutely love Tatum. I think he is going to be probably one of the best players in the league by the time, by about five or ten years. In 2030, as you asked <laughs> before. 
Um, the second seed, I have the Raptors, which... I have the Raptors as well. I think it's in- incredible that they lose, like, maybe the best player, if not the best player in the NBA, um, in Kawhi Leonard, um, who took them and won a final with them last year. And they're still, I think, overperforming this year. And the second seed in the East, I mean, Kyle Lowry, um, Siakam. Siakam. Fred Van Fleet, has he... He's, I know he's still there, but is he still a contributor? Yeah, okay. I think so. He was a big part of that championship yeah. last year, too. Uh, I also like the Raptors at two. Um, Siakam, obviously an all-star this year. And that's why losing Kawhi, like you said, that's why I have Nick Nurse as coach of the year. I, I just think he's done a good job with this team. Losing the best offensive and defensive player in the league, probably. And they're still the second seed in the East. It's pretty incredible. And then, obviously, obviously, obviously the Bucks are number one with the MVP on their team and a lot of other great, very, pretty good players. very skilled players on their team. Um, so now we are going to look at the West, and I, we might have some disagreements here. Yeah. Um, you're eight. Because we have 12 teams from yeah. the West coming to the bubble. We've got so. quite a... So different for my eight seed, I looked at the standings and see saw how many like games behind so like all these teams are from the eight and the seven seeds. But my eight seed is the Portland Trailblazers. Um, why? I just think they have the most playoff experience. Uh, they're not too far back from the eight seed, and I think with Dame and CJ and a healthy Nurkic coming back, I think that they can. Uh, Make a run. Um, who's the, the eight seed right now? Is Grizzlies correct? Yes. So I, I just think the Trailblazers probably have a better overall playoff experience and a better overall roster. So that's why I have them at number eight. Um, I if he comes back, I made this list before he left the bubble. If he comes back and everybody's playing, I think the Pelicans. Have a chance. I That's think definitely the popular vote. Yeah. To counter your um, Blazers pick, I don't know who was the who was voting for them when there was the meeting with the NBA and everything. But they were the only team to say, yeah. like, let's not come back. I don't know if that was a team vote that went up the ladder to management and said, hey, we just don't want to come back, or if that was just management and it doesn't reflect the players' views whatsoever. Um, I'm not saying they are totally checked out, and if you told me I could have eight games and it determines if I make the playoffs or not, I think Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum are two guys that you want on your team no matter what, but I think if Zion can come back and Brandon Ingram continues to play as well as he does, and they finally utilize Zion, I'm not saying run him into the ground, playing 48 minutes each game, but like finally let some restrictions off of them. I think they have a good chance to make the eight. And I think that's Zion's little way of getting back at Ja for Ja winning the rookie, but Zion making the playoffs. But I also had – I struggled with like – I didn't remember exactly how many games the Spurs were out of it, but I think the coach – one of the coaches you would definitely most want to have in like a scenario like this is Popovich. Uh, how many do you have it there? Yeah. Uh, between like the eight and nine seed, the three the three games behind. So, nine seed is the Trailblazers right now. Okay. 
the Pelicans are four games behind, Kings four games behind, and Spurs five games behind, okay. and then Suns six games behind. So technically the Spurs would pretty much have to like win out and or at least win five or six games. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if it'd they It being eight games, I'm just thinking. Like, yeah. I think that's why the Trailblazers might have the best shot. Yeah, so I'm fine with – I can definitely see your points while you're saying the Trailblazers – um, and then, like I said, I have the Pelicans. So, I, I imagine we're going to have the same seven, but who do you have as your seventh seed? The Dallas Mavericks with Doncic and Porzingi. I also have them as the seven. I just love that combination so much. I, I, yeah. I think Luka is obviously a rising star. He's an all-star in his second year in the league. Uh, he was playing pro overseas since he's been, like, what, 14, 15 years yeah, old. Just about. So I think he's just he's developed and polished as a player already, and I just think he's just going to keep getting better and develop his game even more. My only thing is there's, I mean, obviously make the seven, but within the playoffs and when we get to that, just their supporting cast outside of those two, it's a little bare for mm-hmm. me. But yeah, those two, if they can keep them together for an extended period of time, I'm. Um, there's going to be um, no issues in Dallas. Um, I think we might differ here. Um, who is going to be your sixth seed? The Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay, we're not different. <laughs> um, that's fine. I also have the Thunder, yeah. obviously. I think right now, are they sitting, they're sitting at the five. Mm-hmm. And that, that range between the four and the sixth seed, they're like neck and neck. They're all mm-hmm. 41 and 24 or 40 and 24. And I think the Thunder roster, as much as I like them, I think they're going to slip down to the sixth seed out of the four through the six. They, like, they bore, the Thunder's a boring team to me. Like, I get they have Alexander. I get they have, like, Adams. I get they have CP3. And, as you said, Schroeder. And they have exciting players, but I just don't see them as, like, this exciting, like, style of basketball I think they want to like slow it down and then Adams down low beat you up on the boards mm-hmm. and everything like and then three most important players yeah. are all point guards yeah besides which, Adams and there's only one ball so I mean they've showed already this year that they can make that work and everything and they're gonna make the playoffs so it's no issue at all so the Thunder are the six who's your five Second, it is the Utah Jazz. Okay, I have them as well. Um, I am uh, not a Jazz fan. I've met who's do you know their coach's name? It's escaping no, but, me. Yeah, but you always every time to the Gotham. Day. Every time he's a Gotham villain, he should not be on the sidelines of an NBA game. Quinn Schneider or something. Um, I think that's his name. He just and with what they have, um, they lose Rubio. And everything, he goes down to the Suns. Donovan Mitchell becomes more of a predominant, not ball handler, but has the ball in his hand a little bit more than um, often not. And then the reason, as I mentioned, we're in any of this situation with the NBA, um, Rudy Gobert, it's hard to root for him yeah. at all after, mm-hmm. what he, the, after what he displayed. The chemistry could be off balance. I think, I don't think they were probably ever really that great of friends to begin with. And then... You have this incident, and it just spurs the relationship even more. So, again, the Jazz are going to make it. Um, they're going to be playing. Who do you have at your four? The Houston Rockets. I do as well. I think we're having the same exact <laughs> That's predictions. Funny. That's cool. 
the Rockets. Uh, the thing that just bothers me about their roster is they don't have a true big. I'm all when, in on when that. When they get rid of Clint Capella, it just their tallest player is six six, and he's PJ Tucker. And you know who PJ Tucker is better than Draymond, Draymond Green. Green. Um, <laughs> so yes, their lack of bigs. But what excites you about them? Is what concerns you, but what excites you about the Rockets? Their scoring ability. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're going to be shooting lights out. Well, I, think, I think being in this bubble with no fans is just going to bring out the, the shooting ability even more. It's going to be like a practice or a scrimmage, and they're going to feel right at home. That's why I think they could be super scary when it comes to the playoffs. Okay, I've got a bit of a theory about the Rockets here. I think, as we know, with the... Um, guidelines for coronavirus and everything. Um, you want people to stay six feet apart. Um, obviously, when you're fouled in basketball, you need to be less than six feet apart most of the time. Um, I think the refs, in the back of their mind, they've been hearing six feet, keep your distance, all this stuff. And I think James Harden driving to the basket consistently, the his fouls normally um, the last couple years have been going down once they get to the playoffs. The refs sort of just let them play a little bit more. I think this year in the playoffs, because subconsciously the refs are thinking, hey, let's try and keep distance as much as you can in an NBA basketball game, um, that his fouls are either going to stay where they were or might go even go up a little bit. Yeah, when I was watching the scrimmage today, they were calling some ridiculous yeah. fouls. So, so they might not let them play as much as they usually do. So I am big in on the Rockets and James Harden along with Russell Westbrook, and I couldn't be more in on P.J. Tucker being their tallest player. Um, who's your three? Uh, the Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jokic just slimmed down. He looks nice. Uh, Bull Bull looked nice in the scrimmage today. I don't know how much he's going to play during the playoffs or the regular season, but I like their roster a lot. They played pretty well without Jamal Murray, without Monte Morris, with about a bunch of their starters, actually. So uh, I think they're good. Uh, I like their coach a lot. I know you do, too. I have no issues with him. <laughs> but uh, I think as much as I like them, I don't know if they can go to past the semifinals in the West. The semifinals? Yeah. I, um, their roster, just the way they stockpile big men that are just like can do just basically everything um, is awesome. I love that for them. I wish... Um, at some point, they just release Michael Porter Jr. and just make him the future MVP that he has the capabilities to do. Um, maybe in this playoffs, they need him and he comes and saves him. Um, but yeah, the three, they're dangerous because of the big men that they have. And then you realize, oh, Jamal Murray, one of the best shooters as well in the NBA, is on the team. And yeah, they're. Outside of Jamal, I feel like they don't really have much shooting. I they don't, but with him and how like he can shoot and just also a pure scorer as well that he's sort of becoming mm-hmm. and like how he runs the offense and sort of just lets Djokovic at times run the offense and facilitate um, the dynamics the team has is what is intriguing about them and why they were so successful last year and this year through the whole um, season. Um, the two, in your opinion, the Clippers. Okay. Uh, why is that? Uh, just the Lakers are probably they're 
four or five games ahead of them right now. So yeah. they're obviously probably going to get the two. What's they're the, closer to the Nuggets than they are with the Lakers. Yeah, so. How far are the Nuggets back? Can you? I know you had the standings pulled uh, up. One game. Of the Clippers? One game of the Clippers. That's something I would be a little not totally concerned about if I was a Clippers fan, but yeah, I don't, don't. You don't want to give up that two seed. I don't by any means think the Clippers are just gonna like mail this in, but if they were to, if it became obvious that they were going to get the two or they were gonna get the three, I think they would probably rest. Yeah, and, then, and, then, and everything. Uh, the Lakers are up five, five and a half, so I don't think they're gonna get back no. at that with eight games in the regular season. Unless the Lakers just forgot unless, how to play basketball. Yeah, unless the Lakers only win two games. Um, okay, and then obviously the last one the uh, Lakers. is going to be the Lakers. Uh, LeBron James, it's his 17th year, correct? Yes. Okay, that's what but I... Probably his best. One of his statistically yeah. best years. And then they bring Anthony Davis over. Um, can't speak highly enough about how well uh, different players that they brought in, like a Dwight Howard, like a JaVale McGee. Dwight Howard, man. They He's have, been a surprise. He's been actually pretty good. Yeah, but as I've mentioned earlier on this podcast, anti-vaxxers, he's apparently an anti-vaxxer. It's just, I hate to mix sports and politics, but Dwight, I'll send you some literature. It's, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, the way the Lakers have um, found success with LeBron and AD and then how well their role players um, have like settled into the role and are producing has been a breath of fresh air compared to some LeBron teams in the past. Kuzma has been the only real bummer kind of disappointment, but with a good showing in these eight games and the playoffs, he could everybody will totally forget about what happened. And kind of sad about Avery Bradley not coming, but they picked up J.R. Smith, so which I mean we they, we know their offensive option, but. I liked Avery Bradley yeah. for his defense, for sure. Okay, so now that we have our seeding predictions um, sorted out, we're going to go round by round and talk about each matchup and how we think that's going to go. We have the same exact seeds in there. So, all of them, so, so it'll be easy. Yeah. So the only thing we really might disagree on is if uh, who's going to win. Gonna, yeah. yeah, so if you want to start, we'll just go – um, one eight four five three six two seven or how do you want to do it? I have it one eight two seven okay yeah, three six four five and I just want to go matchup by matchup like so in the East the Bucks versus the Nets I uh, I have the Bucks probably yeah. in four. I have the Bucks. I don't have it in. Like, no, I don't either. But I yeah, I could definitely easily see the Bucks sweeping that and not being much of an issue. Um. So moving on, we send the Bucks to the second round. Um, in the second matchup, the two versus seven in the East, you have the Raptors versus the Magic. Um, I have the Raptors. I think just... I have the Raptors as well. I think it could be a close series, though. I think it could be like four two, maybe four two. I um, I just don't. As I mentioned before, the Magic, like I never. Besides occasional highlights, I never hear anything about anything. It's just like oh, they're there, and the Raptors. I think. Um, with Siakam and Lowry and the rest of the guys on the team that have gained the playoff experience last year. And, I mean, Kawhi was a big factor of that, but was around somebody like Kawhi that knows what it takes to win and how to win. Hopefully those guys have picked up a few of those mm-hmm. traits and can implement it if it is a close series, like you say. But we both have the Raptors moving past the Magic. 
Huh? We both have those? Correct? Yeah, we both have the Raptors. Yes. Um, and then the three versus six, we have the Celtics versus the Pacers. Who do you have coming out of that? Celtics and five. So, so again, for me, it all really depends on if Oladipo yeah. plays. And even if not, I think Tatum really makes a statement like, um, he did that sort of last year in the playoffs, taking, um, not last year, two years ago. When he chest bumped LeBron. Yeah, when the he, they took <laughs> him to seven games with the Cavs and everything. Um, but, yeah, I think the Celtics overtake the Pacers. And then the 4-5 matchup, which I think this is... We might disagree here. Probably do. Maybe. We probably do. I think this is... I have stars by two matchups, um, and this is one of them. The Heat versus the Sixers. Who do you have coming out? I have the Miami Heat. Okay. And a tight one. Okay, why is that? I just like the overall roster. I think they have more shooting. Uh, Their defense is nice. They played earlier in the year, and every time they play the 76ers, they go zone, and it kind of frustrates the 76ers. So I think... I think uh, Coach Spo and the Miami Heat kind of have the 76ers kind of figured out when it comes to, like, guarding them defensively. So I think that's how they win. And obviously they, they have more shot makers on the team too. The Sixers don't have shooters. No. I mean, they have Tobias Harris, who you – we have gotten like into Tobias, this discussion. Yes, you I, like him. I mean, I don't – I do not. <laughs> um, we've gotten in that discussion before. Um, I – can see I have the Sixers going over the Heat. Um, again, I just re-emphasize my point. I think the time off really reset what the Sixers were going to do. Um, but Embiid and Simmons can only take them so far. Horford needs to step up and perform like what he's been paid to do. Um, Tobias Harris as well needs to step up and perform. And I think this is going to have some like tension in it because Jimmy Butler going from the Sixers down to Miami and everything, and who is going to get the best out of that and uh, matchup and, and everything. Bam and Josh Richardson are, like, best friends. So mm-hmm. they're going to – it's going to um, be a crazy series. So I think Bam and, Bam and Embiid are just going to have some battles down low. And that will be exciting to watch. Hopefully – I'm hoping we get seven games out of that. The ones, Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So – but I do have the Sixers. Um, we're now going to switch over to the West for the first round. Um, we have the Lakers versus the Pelicans. Uh, um, oh, this is where we. This is the only one where we disagree. And I have the Blazers. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, we're probably both going to mm-hmm. take the Lakers, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have the Lakers over the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans can definitely um, not make it a series, but make it entertaining. Um, maybe win a game two if they get lucky. You, th- um, you think that might be. Probably the most watched first round. Um, yes, definitely this year, and then maybe I don't know if ever, but definitely this year. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying of ever. I'm just saying of this year. Um, Probably. I think with Zion going against LeBron, and then the guys from LA last year, them having a bit of like, oh, he didn't want us Mm -hmm. and everything. I definitely think that provides motivation. So the Pelicans can get one or two, but ultimately, I think the Lakers do end up taking that. Um, the two versus seven. I imagine we both. Yeah, I think that I think that Blazers one and the Pelicans one was the only team we team. disagreed on. Yeah. Um, two versus seven. Clippers, Clippers versus yeah. Mavs. Mm-hmm. Who uh, you got? The Clippers. I do like that matchup a lot, though. I don't know why, but I just think that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. It'll be fun to see how they handle Luca, who they put on Luca, um, and we see how Luca is able to attack and everything. But I think there's too many. Too many 
good role players on yeah. the Clippers. I mean, you can say if you want that Luka and Kawhi and Paul George and Porzingis like cancel out star wise, and then you look at their other supporting cast, and then in yeah, that case, I deep. yeah. Um, and so we move Clippers on the three verse six Nuggets Thunder. Yep. I have the Nuggets. I do as well. I just don't think the Thunder are quite there yet as a mm-hmm. team. Um, I could see CP3 um, and the Thunder maybe taking two games. I think a lot of teams are going to, once they get into the playoffs with it being so like a shortened, like abbreviated those eight games and then being well-rested, having more like go than what they normally would and oh, having yeah, sure. everything like that. So I think the Thunder could be one of those teams that helps from that and CP3 being a little bit more well-rested and playing well in the playoffs, but ultimately the Nuggets. Um, the 4 versus 5, the Rockets versus the Jazz, you can go ahead. Uh, the Rockets. Why? I just, I don't know, I think just James Harden and Russell Westbrook are just certified bucket goodies, and I just think they just have more power Does Rudy go- compared to what the Jazz have at the 1 and 2. Does Rudy Gobert concern you at all? I mean, he does, because he's definitely probably going to get a lot of blocks down low or a lot of uh, rebounds, defensive rebounds or offensive rebounds. Uh, I think it's going to be a tight series because I feel like the Jazz. If the, when I feel like the Jazz always plays the Rockets in the playoffs. I don't know why, but I feel like they've played multiple times before. But I don't know. I, I just like James Harden in the playoffs, especially with that that time off. I do too. Um, I the only issue, as I asked Ryan, was Rudy Gobert. But Rudy Gobert has never been this offensive threat. It's always been, but he could. They could start feeding him down there with all that length and no length for the Rockets down low. Um, I'm they could, but Donovan Mitchell. I mean, we haven't really mentioned him, but does his? It's his what second or third year in the league? Third, fourth. third. Does this? He's not progressed as much as he should have. Correct. I feel like. Him having the ball this much in his hands this year is hurt, and I think um, the Rockets, with if they're going to let him handle it a little bit and have him put Russell on him and be just... I think Russ will just aggravate, yeah. him, <coughs> aggravate him so much on the offensive end. And I, I don't know, I think Russ is just going to kind of humiliate yeah, him I think bit. I think when you just have Russ and James coming back from the layoff, well-rested, um, two guys that can just get to the basket at will, that normally ends up in good things. And if their supporting cast can shoot how they're just even half as how they're supposed to. I, I will think say this, the that. Jazz probably have a deeper roster, but I think just the star power mm-hmm. behind Harden and Westbrook would just take a toll on the Jazz. And the Jazz don't get to play in front of their racist yeah. fans. So I think that <laughs> also... crazy fans. Yeah. Um, okay, so the Rockets. Um, now we're going to go to round two, and we're going to jump back to the East. Um, in that, we you have the Bucks versus the Heat, so I can let you go ahead and let me know how you uh, think I'm that's going to go. The, I'm taking the Bucks on the close one. I, I think they played earlier on this season. 
and it was a fun matchup to watch. Uh, I like the Heat's defense. I just think Giannis is just going to be too much for any team, really. Mm-hmm. I just I just like the Bucks probably in in six. I want to say. Okay. Um, I have the Bucks versus the Sixers. Um, I this is going to be I think a gentleman sweep four one. Um, I don't think the 76ers are going to be able to score with the Bucks. Um, the Bucks shooting is good, and I think what I failed to mention in the first round and the second, and what I'm going to do now, I think Giannis is going to not try and prove a point that he can like shoot from the outside, but like take a little bit more. And I think the first couple rounds he's going to probably convert and make because I imagine over this break that's really what he's paid attention to that and probably shooting. yeah shooting he's, I feel like he definitely worked on his game this past yeah. season too because he was taking a lot more threes than yeah. he did his last year mm-hmm. so I'm expecting him to be obviously well rested but then the three-point shooting to have come along um, and if you keep him open every single time outside yeah. of the arc I mean he's gonna shoot well that's here you got two guys that the predominant ball handlers on the team and Ben Simmons and Giannis that you could really just start playing defense when they get across the free throw line. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's really been done in a matchup. Um, but yeah, I think the Bucks are going to be way too much for the 76ers and I think 4-1 um, they move on. Um, in the second round in the East, the second matchup, we have the Raptors versus the Celtics. I have this going seven games, and I have the Celtics beating the Raptors. I have the Celtics, too. Uh, I just, I don't know, I just love Tatum so much. I like Tatum. Brown, he's good. He's he's good on defense also. I think, uh, are, are they probably going to match him up with Siakam? Could you foresee that? Tatum and Siakam? Yeah. Probably. I could see, I would really like to watch that. They're definitely going to go head-to-head yeah. eventually. But, I, I don't know, I just, I just really like the Celtics. Um. And obviously Brad Stevens, I like him a lot too. And then I think he's a good, good coach, and especially with this team with Kemba, I just think their chemistry is way better than what they have mm-hmm. with Kyrie. Um, I agree with everything you said. Um, so now we switch over to the West. On the first matchup is the Lakers versus the Rockets. Um, it's gonna be a fun matchup. It's gonna be fun. But I think I got I got the Lakers. I have the Lakers as well. Probably I, in like five or six. I have it in six. And the more I think about it, the more just bad I feel for P.J. Tucker and anybody else they try and throw at AD, AD or JaVale. Like, I mean... And Dwight. Yeah. Like, those guys are going to be able to get so many rebounds. I mean, defensive and offensive. And mm-hmm. just be able to kick it out and restart the offense. Or if yeah. they want, go put it back up. Uh, that's a whole lot of seven yeah, footers. I'm very concerned for how they're going to do. Um, but, I, as we said, the Rockets, you can't... When they have two guys on their team like Harden and like Westbrook, they're never out of a game um, until it's over. And so I think they're able to score and to pick up two wins in the series, but ultimately the size. That's is too uh, much. one reason why I'm kind of frustrated that Avery Bradley's not coming too, because he can guard the one and two, and that's why I don't like the Lakers going up against a really good guard combination mm-hmm. because they don't have Avery Bradley anymore. 
to guard them. So we'll see who who they put on them, but I still think the Lakers down low is just gonna be kind of unfair for the mm-hmm. Rockets. Um, and then that second matchup in the West, it's gonna be the Clippers versus the Nuggets. Uh, who do you got? I got the Clippers. I think it's gonna be a fun matchup. I think it's probably gonna go six. Uh, I just think the Clippers are just too deep, too better offensively and defensively, and they got the reigning champion on their team. And they do. I think Kawhi and Paul George um, are able to, I don't want to say pick apart, but just like pick their spots when they kind of want to take over um, in this series. And I think it does go to seven because I do think the Nuggets are, I think the Nuggets and the Clippers are two of the most deep teams in the NBA. So it'll be fun to see how their bench players and role players who steps up and everything but ultimately, I have the Clippers over the Nuggets. So our conference champion, conference, conference finals, excuse me. Um, in the East, we have the Bucks versus the Celtics, and the West, we have the Lakers versus the Clippers. I think that's what a lot of people um, expected. I think we're gonna differ on some things here. Probably. Um, you go ahead. Uh, we'll start with the East. The Bucks versus Celtics. What do you got? Love the matchup, uh, but I got the Bucks and probably six. Wow. I, just, I just think Giannis is just too much. It's just too much to handle for this young Celtics team. The Bucks have probably a more shooting, too, with Wesley Matthews and Chris Middleton. I just think they have more offensive power. But I do like the Celtics in the, next, in the coming years. I just think they're too young right now. I, I agree with the Bucks pick. I think it goes seven, though. And I think... Just because Tatum, how well and how much of a statement he wants to make, Kemba finally getting his chance to like put a stamp and make a mark in a playoff series is really going to try and succeed at just being a star on a team to help like really impact a meaningful win and everything. And I think Jalen Brown is going to be key in this for how Stevens tries to use him. I don't think they're going to put him on Giannis by any stretch or anything, but I could see Jalen Brown being as like a help guy mm-hmm. and seeing how Stevens is going to be able to use and like try and game plan for Giannis is something that I'm excited to see. But ultimately, I do think the Bucks beat the Celtics. I have a feeling they're probably going to put either Tatum or Enos Kanter on Giannis, and I just... If they put Cantor on him, it's probably over. Cantor's too slow, and too Tatum slow. is too small. So Yeah, and they don't really have anybody to match his size mm-hmm. at all. Okay, so now we have the Bucks moving on. And then in the West, we have the Lakers versus the Clippers. I have the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. Um, why is that? I think LeBron's just on a mission. AD's on a mission. Uh, LeBron wants to prove a point that he can do it in the West. He wants his fourth ring uh, with all his time off from last year, too, when he didn't hardly played any games from his groin injury. He's had so much time off in the past year and a half to two years. And AD with time off, I just think that I think the Clippers have a deeper roster, but I think LeBron and AD are just so driven right now with a lot of on, a lot on their shoulders that they're just going to come out on top. Okay, I... Love every point you made, and I hope to God that's what happens. Um, but I just 
I've played this out a couple times in my head, and I don't think there's a, any chance that the Clippers don't beat the Lakers. Um, so as we did with the, um, the Clippers and the Mavs, if you just go and you take... If you want to Clippers do just and the Mavs or Clippers and the Nuggets? Clippers and the Mavs. Going back when I made the comparison, like you take the two star players. So you take Kawhi, you take LeBron, and then you take Paul George, and you take AD. AD. I understand AD not the same position or anything, but you take those guys out, and then you look at the rest, the rest of the, roster, of the yeah. roster, and you have Shamit, you got Lou Williams, you got Montrez, Beverly. you got Beverly, Ooh, fuck Patrick Beverly, but you got Beverly. Yeah, who they just picked up Joe Kim Noah, who I don't even know how much he's gonna play, but just he might play decent. He'll just piss off LeBron and like be a body to just go get six fouls against yeah, they, Dwight or anybody. They got a roster. And if you look at teams that have, well, the Warriors basically, because that's what I'm gonna talk about as an example. But when the Warriors beat LeBron and everything, obviously, um, you have guys. Clay, Steph, Draymond, and then later year at KD. But like guys like Livingston would come and just come off the bench when the guys needed a break and just be produce. a produce or and be a back Miguelola, yeah. Yeah, would just be backbreakers because they would have to take LeBron out and the Cavs would just like not be as productive without LeBron on the floor. And I get not really having that same dynamic guy like AD as they did in um, Cleveland. I mean, you did have Kyrie, but that wasn't the case in one of the finals matchups and everything. Um, so you can leave AD on there and still be productive and not like totally shit the bed. But I just think that the amount of talent and just seeing the story before how just some random guy and for some reason I think it's going to be Shamit, or however you say his name. Yeah, He's going to come and just be that guy off the bench or wherever that is a backbreaker for when LeBron goes out and produces. You think that's going seven for sure? I think it'll definitely go seven, and I think that LeBron probably averages a triple-double because I think he's going to have to for them to be competitive in so many games. I mean, he'll have to play at least like 46 minutes. Are they going to roll out with... Caruso as the point so, guard? Probably LeBron. Probably well he'll be one will he be one of the five on the court then around the LeBron? Well, Caruso, I don't know if you saw this ever, but Caruso and LeBron have like the best I saw some, plus minus yeah. on the court. And uh, they're just fun to watch together on the I court would, for some reason. That would be amazing if he stepped up and was like the reverse. Yeah, like yeah. he was <laughs> finding somebody to produce from LeBron goes off the court. It's not that he makes buckets, he just I don't know. He knows where to be on the court, and he's just... I don't know. He's very vocal on the court, and he knows how to handle himself with all those veterans. And I think... I know we mentioned it before we got to there, but if Kuzma doesn't step up at all and, like, is just sort of there and he's getting you, like, 10 points a game, like, they're going to... They're going to need way more than that from yeah. Kuzma and everything. I, I do like concerning. the addition of J.R. Smith, though. I think he's he can score back for and a waiters redeem season. Waiters, yeah, score, but the defense is what concerns me. Edible eating waiters. Yeah, well, that's fine. If as long as you produce on the court, I don't really care what you do. The defense down low doesn't really concern me. No, not at all. But the the guards matchup. Yeah, that's why I said when I was talking about the Rockets matchup with Bradley out. 
could be concerning. And then Rondo, they're saying Rondo's he's going to be back out. by playoff time, right? Hopefully. They said four to six weeks. And I think the play- playoffs start August 17th. Okay. So, so I think that's about four weeks out. Okay, well then so hopefully by this. So I don't know if he'll be in the first round or not, but he could be in the in this. second round. But ultimately, as I said, I do have the Clippers over the Lakers. Um, and then, so our finals are different. I'll let you go ahead and talk about what you think is going to happen in your finals. Uh, I have the Lakers in a seven. Uh, I think that's going to be obviously a fun series we have. Probably the best player in the league, Giannis, right now. And then LeBron, probably the second best player in the league right now. And LeBron, in his 17th year, still producing, almost averaging a triple-double MVP-type numbers. He's had a lot of time off but in the last year and a half to two years. And then AD trying to reach his first championship. I just think their defense, their people down low, are just going to kind of disrupt Giannis because Giannis's game is all down low. So I think the Lakers come out on top. Does the shooting ability of the Bucks and how well they can score concern you at all about the guard play and everything for the Lakers? Uh, I want to say no because I think LeBron probably matches up with Chris Middleton and then AD on Giannis. AD's then, about the only guy, one of the few guys in the NBA that, can that guard, like can actually just one-on-one guard Giannis. Yeah, and then their matchup, I guess, I mean, I guess we're going to talk about Eric Bledsoe being their point guard. I think they put, like, KC, KCP on him, maybe. Maybe J.R. Smith, which they have probably a little more height on Eric Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I don't think they're shooting really. It scares me for sure, but I just think our, their defense is just, or LA's defense is just gonna disrupt them down low, especially when they're rebounding and whatnot. In your matchup, Eric Bledsoe, like he's never a guy that scares me, but I could definitely see him going off, like mm-hmm. getting yeah. twenty points, one or two games, and just being like the guy a, that probably scares me the most is obviously Giannis, but a guy in the back of my mind is probably Chris Middleton or Wesley Matthews because mm-hmm. they can just flat out shoot the ball, and mm-hmm. then uh. Pat Cottonton or whatever his name is. He's been playing pretty well. Is Danny Green coming? Is he? Yeah, he's there. He's okay. there. So, I mean, I like their guards that they have. Mm-hmm. I just wish Avery Bradley was there. And then Rondo will probably eventually mm-hmm. be there, which would be nice to give LeBron a break at point guard. And, okay, so you have the Lakers in how many games? Seven. Seven. Six or seven, but I want to say seven. And then who, if you just spur the moment, who do you think would probably be the finals MVP? I want to say LeBron, but I'm going to go with. 80. And I think LeBron at this point would probably be okay with fine it. with yeah, he'd be AD okay with being it. the guy. If LeBron got his fourth championship and mm-hmm. winning in the West, I think he'll be okay with giving a finals MVP okay. away. Let me pose you this. Jordan had to go through a flu game. LeBron has to go through a virus season. <laughs> so does that – LeBron obviously is the GOAT then because a season's greater than a game. Maybe. I mean <laughs> – uh, the thing that's in the back of my mind is if the Lakers win, I think people are just going to downplay it and give like a little asterisk next to LeBron. Which is but bullshit. if any other team wins, they're going to give it to him. Yeah. So, but that's my, that's my take. Okay. Um, Who do you have? You have the Bucks and the Clippers. I have the Bucks and the Clippers. I have the Clippers and six. Um, as I mentioned a little bit before when we were going to the East, I think 
Giannis is really going to be like shooting the ball well. And then I think this is where that betrays him. Um, I think he is going to, at times, as he did throughout the regular season, try and prove a point like, hey, I can shoot and everything. And I don't think he's going to necessarily shoot them out of games, but put them in tougher positions. And I know how when you were breaking it down, you brought up AD guarding uh, Giannis. Um, I think another player that can guard him one-on-one is Kawhi. Yeah, I'm, again, I don't, obviously the size, like the height is definitely, you give Giannis that advantage, but I think with how tenacious and crafty and smart Kawhi is on defense and how, I understand Giannis runs the offense pretty much, but, and he's not careless with ball handling or passing or anything, but just how at times, like, Kawhi is just if he wants the if he wants to steal the ball he's going to steal the ball I think that can frustrate um, Giannis and Kawhi will be able to do that and then I've mentioned it but I've not mentioned it to this playoff P the man gave himself the own nickname <laughs> it's about time if you're ever gonna step up and do that um, now would be a hell of a time for Paul George to do that and then I really um, I hate. How good he has become, but I think Montrez Harrell can be like a very solid. Um, he could probably they might put him on. Uh, yeah, uh, Giannis. As, just as like a change of change of things, thing, yeah. just throw different In case bodies Kawhi out. Kawhi or Paul George ain't working, then they can go to Montrez. But and then Montrez on the on the glass with I mean, just how. Um, determined he is to grab rebounds most of the time. Um, I understand Giannis just the height, but with how persistent Montrez is. Yeah, Giannis um, will probably still yeah. average a triple-double. But Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I think the Clippers win in six, and it's going to be if, – if it ends in six, it's because Paul George showed up, and – So is he your He's not – he, no? Kawhi, Kawhi is, is because I just think it's going to – like Kawhi, it's the storyline. It furthers that, everything. But – Paul George needs to show up and will be like a half point off of the MVP from Kawhi. So you have the Lakers. I have the, the Clippers. Team from LA. Either way, <laughs> if one of us is right, the title comes back to LA. Um, I appreciate you doing this. You have any other thoughts, inputs, or anything you want to say before we sign off, real quick? Uh, you can answer my question that I asked you. It's already since it's always the first one. this is already an hour and thirty-four minutes. We're into this. We're back there. You're somewhere in there. Oh, okay. So we're all good. All right. I appreciate you doing this. Appreciate um, it. Uh, as always, thank you. Appreciate it. We shift gears now, going from the NBA to the MLB, and at the time of recording. This segment, um, it is. I'm recording this on Friday, so there's been two games, really one and a half. Um, the opening night game between the Yankees and the Nationals got rained out, but under the format, over five and a half innings were played. The Yankees were winning, so they get credited for this win in their shortened 60 game season. The nightcap game was the Giants and the Dodgers. The Dodgers very easily won that as well. So now Given the state of the first weekend in the MLB, I'm going to give a bit of a small little preview uh, for each division and who I think is going to come out of it. So in the AL East, you have right now the Rays are leading, the Orioles are in second, shockingly, and then the Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays. I think the Rays and their pitching are going to be able to stay there all year, but I think with Garrett Cole... 
coming to New York and the offense that they already have, it's hard for me to pick against the Yankees in the AL East. I think they will be able to get probably the Yankees in as their division champion, but then the Rays probably sneak in somehow um, as a wild card team. And then flipping to the AL Central, right now the Tigers are actually um, up at the top, which is surprising. I get it's only after three games, but to me, this is really a two-team race, and the White Sox might make a little noise because their offense is very good, but their pitching lacks at times. Um, the Twins' offensive output and offensive team uh, is incredible. I think maybe as good as the Yankees, if not a little better at times, just because their hitters aren't as prone to strikeouts as Judge and Stanton are, especially Judge for the Yankees. But the Twins, and then the opposite side in that, in the central, a team that maybe be able to push for the division, but I think can definitely secure up a wild card as well. You have the Indians, who their pitching staff, they get rid of Corey Kluber this year. They trade him down to the Texas Rangers, who, and unfortunately yesterday, Kluber, after 18 pitches, taken out of the game with um, shoulder tightness, I believe. Um, the Indians' pitching is superb. Uh, Bieber, um, coming off of the... MVP in the All-Star game a couple years ago. Um, he strikes out 14 most in an opening day game since I think like 2000 or something like that. Very impressive. Um, if the Indians rotation can continue to develop, um, Clevenger continues to get better and they can get a solid 3, 4, and 5 guy, um, which Carrasco yesterday, his first start since 2018 or 2019 because of uh, leukemia that he had he struck out 10 that's that's good if you can have three solid people in a rotation and then the, your four and five guys are there and decent and aren't just losing you games then I think the Indians have a solid chance to do well um, in the AL West um, the Athletics and Astros are two teams to watch here for me um, the Astros is going to be interesting to see how they are able to fare when they cannot cheat but again as I mentioned in the mail sack how I think teams are going to be able to excel in this shortened season are the managers and I think one of the best minds in baseball is Joe Madden who is now the manager for the Angels it's going to be interesting to see how those three teams compete and handle each other and sort of probably beat each other up a little bit because they're going to be playing um, I believe a decent amount because they are still in I think the same region um no, the Astros, excuse me, the Astros are not in the region itself that the Angels and Athletics are in. So the Angels and Athletics are probably going to beat up each other on this year a little bit. But um, that's an interesting watch to see that division. I think that's the division I'm most excited to see how it turns out. Um, in the NL, in the East, I like the Braves a lot. It's, um, the Mets, if their pitching can get figured out, I think it'll be all right. But last night, um, getting touched up for 10-plus runs, not great. But I'm all over the Braves in the NL East. Um, in the Central, I think it's going to be a three-team race as it has been for the last couple years, the Cardinals, the Cubs, and the Brewers. And I think the Cubs are going to be able to actually get it done this year. Um, as long as they can find some semblance of pitching and 
at times over this first weekend, it looked like they had it, and then at times it didn't. So that's still to be played out. Um, And then the NL West, um, the Rockies, Padres, Giants, Dodgers, and Diamondbacks, the Dodgers pay all this money for all their talent. They bring in Mookie Betts, sign him to a 10-plus year deal. I am all over the uh, Dodgers this year. Just 100% in. I think it's if there's a year for them to win with how much talent they have, it's this shortened 60-game season. Um, in the playoffs for the um, National League and American League Championship Series, I like the Braves and the Dodgers to be playing each other, and I really like the Yankees and either, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to say the Twins just because I want to see that firepower. Um, but I think it's going to actually be, if the Justin Verlander news isn't as serious as it actually is, which he makes it seem like it's just a little forearm tightness, then I'm going to go with the Astros and we get a little rematch from the past year. And when all the cheating scandal happened and we get down to business, you have the Garrett Cole storyline going in there, um, him returning to Houston after he left in free agency to go to New York. It's going to be interesting. Hopefully, that ends up being what happens. And then I have the Braves over the Yankees in the World Series, actually. And, okay, I know I promised some golf talk in this episode. We are going to push and delay the golf talk one more week before the PGA Championship happens. Um, This episode is already... Longer than most episodes I do, the first one back, so um, I appreciate you listening, but this is going to be the end of uh, Carson Sack episode 69, the first one back post-quarantine and post um, the COVID ban on sports, really. So I want to, as always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, The Sack will be back before the PJ Championship with um, reactions to the NBA, some mail sack, some more MLB if... I can get into it, and then definitely we're going to preview the PJ Championship, the first major of the year, a little bit more um, in-depth than what I normally do with Golf Talk. So, again, like, rate, review, subscribe, all that good shit on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast. Um, your support <clears throat> and the questions and everything mean a ton to me. So thank you very much for listening to Carson Sack, where we talk balls. And as we always end here on the Sack, we will be... See you.